No, I didn't actually attempt. Um, I haven't gotten to that point, I guess. The courage, the strength that it takes to be open and honest about this. Instead of just, you know, blaming myself that he's not here anymore. Uh, I was prepared to shoot myself. Um, and I called my family to sort of say goodbye. To be honest, I was scared reaching out for help because I was like, this could totally ruin my career. Somebody to have a more proactive approach and that he was coming to me to be that person. They had found him and he committed suicide. I just started screaming. I just felt responsible. Hello everyone, Timothy Lawson here, host of the One Too Many Veteran Suicide Podcast and uh, it's been well over a year, I believe, since I last uh, left you with something. Um, I was really unsure if I was ever going to come back to this project to release material. Yeah, July 16, 2016 was the last time I released an episode. Opportunity has come around to have another conversation. I don't know uh, if, you know, I doubt this will be routine, but... Um, I also really don't think that this is a subject that uh, I will completely remove myself from. I think it's important to continue having these conversations. And so, you know, I have the platform and I'm going to do it. This episode comes because uh, someone asked me a very important question. Uh, I was talking about suicide prevention. I mentioned that one of the most important things is is understanding and knowing that you matter. And a young lady came up to me asking me, uh, I understand that that makes sense, but you know, what, what if, you know, you don't believe them? What if you struggle to believe the idea that you matter? It was, it was the first time someone had directly asked me that question. I knew it was a really important one. Uh, you know, that she asked me this question about two months ago. It took me about a month to, to finally wrap my head around uh, what I want, or uh, wrap my head around the idea. So I brought on a couple of my friends, Michael Labune and Corey Christman. They have both been on this podcast before, sharing their own stories and insights. So um, they are not new to the subject. And uh, we are on Twitter at one too many project. That's O N E, the number two many project and and we also have the website one too many project.com spelled the same way please let us know your thoughts and i hope you get something from this conversation hopefully it won't be another year uh before we put out another valuable episode like this enjoy uh all right fellas um here's here's what we got uh a few, last month, I partook, uh, partook, partake, partaken, partooken. Help me out. Partook did. Partook it. There we go. Pardon. I took. Yeah, I participated. There we go. I participated in a series of professional development um, uh, events um, with high schoolers and. Um, it was, I did three, uh, three nights where I talked to, um, a handful, I should say about 20 to 30, uh, high schoolers at a time. And my entire career sort of got brought up in each one of these sessions. And in a couple of them, my work with veteran suicide, uh, came up and, and they were interested to hear about it. And, um, 
after night one, uh, a young lady came up to me and uh, she had a question about uh, one of the points that I made regarding uh, the importance of knowing that you uh, that you matter and then the, and the even more importance of being able to communicate that to somebody else. Um, so here's uh, here's the, the, the I told her when she asked me I was like I want to think about this. Send me an email asking me this question again so I remember to answer you. I didn't want to just send her like a three, four sentence reply with just my thoughts. I wanted to have a real conversation with someone about this. That's why I brought you guys on here. Here, Here's her email. I too suffer from depression. And I remember you saying that uh, that's something that has helped yourself and people that you know is, is to have people around you tell you that they love you <clears throat> and appreciate you. Excuse me. My question is, how have you been able to trust people when they tell you that they love and appreciate you? Depression is stupid, crazy, irrational thing, and it sucks ass. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that at all. Um, if there's anything you could do uh, to help, I'd appreciate it. So um, I know that we all bring different perspectives and different experiences to this question. Um, Corey, I'm going to start with you uh, because I know you ha- you know a little bit more behind the psychology of it, having done um, investigations and such. So, um, what what is your initial thoughts to to this question and this idea? Well, <clears throat> I think sometimes whether it's the stigma that's associated with behavioral health altogether, or our perception of having a bad day, you know. Um, and what I mean by that is, is it's okay to have and, you know, have a bad day. And, and I guess it's okay to even sometimes, you know, be depressed. I think where we tend to run into, um, circumstances that could be more on the negative side is when we allow that depression or anxiety or a bad day to consume us. Um, typically in my case, you know, I, I was a person who rendered aid and rendered help. And, you know, I, I spent a lot of time keeping my struggles to myself, but I think to answer her question, I think, first of all, it's okay to recognize that every day is not going to be, um, you know, a party, but if you are having a bad day and you feel like it's your being depressed or you feel like you're potentially going to be depressed. I mean, the best thing to do is to try to talk about it Um, and talk about it with those in your inner circle. If you don't have anybody in an inner inner circle, um, seek a school counselor or um, maybe a religious person if you're religious. But I think the moral to the story is the worst thing you can do is to keep it inside. Okay. Uh, Michael, what are, what are your initial thoughts? So, um, I, uh, I identify with this question. Whenever the question of how do you trust it, right? So if someone tells you they love you, they tell you that you matter to them, but how do you know that that's true? And when I was in the grips of depression, whenever I was, um, dealing with suicidal ideation and sometimes worse, then I found myself in the same predicament. I would find that my mother, for instance, would tell me that she loved me. 
but that made no sense to me because it, I couldn't see in my mind how she even really knew me uh, because she wasn't inside my head. She didn't know what I was going through. She certainly didn't know what it was like to be me. And I also felt like coming home from war, I think a lot of us feel like strangers to our families. Um, but what I would encourage her, the, the person who asked this question, and, and really ultimately where I landed in, in my own life, where I found healing, was realizing that the act of saying that to a person, saying I love you, saying you matter to me, the very act of saying that proves it in and of itself. It's almost um, like uh, Descartes says, right? Like I, every time that I utter the phrase I am, I exist, it is necessarily true. Likewise, when someone looks at you and says I love you and you matter to me, I think this is something that we can take at face value. You matter enough for them to say that. And what I landed on was even if my mother doesn't really know me, like she knew the, the little boy she gave birth to, even if she doesn't know me the way she intimately knew me when I was 12 years old and I had no secrets from her, the fact that she still loved me unconditionally enough to so is almost a greater act of love. So loving me in my depressed state when I had nothing to offer her and telling me that I mattered when I literally was not getting out of bed. But even this, this person in bed, depressed, feeling completely useless, I mattered to her enough for her to say so. Well, then that to me became uh, evidence of her love even greater than it could have been when I was 12 years old and we had no secrets. Yeah. I think, I think one, one of the things that stood out to me in, and I'm, and I'm glad that she, I'm glad that I had her send me the email asking the question again. Uh, Cause I don't know if I would have really caught this the, the first time, you know, she points out that she understands that depression is a stupid, crazy, irrational thing. And I think that, having that understanding actually gives the person an advantage in trying to navigate uh, these emotions. Because if you can, if in your depressed state, if you can remind yourself that it is an irrational thing, I think you can at least save yourself some time um, until you are in a better place to wrap your head around someone else's emotions towards you. And I think that, uh, Michael, I want. I think you and I had this discussion actually um, at one point, either on the sh- on the show or not, about when you've experienced it enough times, you it start you start becoming more used to it, and you start reminding yourself how to better deal with it. And one of I think one of the earliest steps of that is recognizing, look, I'm depressed now, and this is an irrational thing. I can't take myself too seriously. Um, at this point. And then I think on the other side, I think there's, to your point too on, you know, they at least said it and that means something. Even if you take it at the floor value of what it's, what it takes to tell someone that, 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 uh, that you love them, I think that's enough to trust, right? Um, Chris, or I'm sorry, Corey, additional thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we, you've touched on a lot, and I, and I apologize, I didn't, <clears throat> was my, 
Michael had a much better answer than I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> no but, worries, no worries. It's, but, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's good to slowly you know, get into I, it. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, a couple of things resonate with me with what you just said. I mean, I, I mean, sometimes the word trust gets gets thrown around quite a bit, you know, especially in relationships, whether it's with family or friends, and and uh, you know, I think. We, we we may not always trust people. You know, as a guy who came from a law enforcement job where 90% of the people lied to me for hours at a time only to <laughs> change their minds and, and, you know, offer a confession and those types of things, I really struggled with trusting people outside of law enforcement, right? But when you think of it from a, a, a situation like the young lady who contacted you, um, trust to, to truly trust somebody is huge, right? To, to say, hey, listen, I trust you. I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I'm going to lay it out there, right? I trust you. Um, it takes a lot. And maybe you never get to that complete level of trust with your classmates or even your teachers. But if you've got someone who's looking you in the eye and who's communicating with you, you might not need you, – you might not – trust them but if they're willing to listen you know more than they are willing to talk that's probably someone you should invest time in and see yeah. if a trusting relationship could be established you know? yeah no that's that is an excellent point and one that uh, i'm d- gonna remember moving forward is um you know, whether or not someone understands, whether or not someone can give you the right emotion or the right, um, you know, words of affection and, you know, whatever it is you're looking for, if they are showing that they're willing to invest time and energy into at least listening to you and being with you, helping you understand what's going on, even if that's at a small, you know, even if, the, if their window of opportunity is small, uh, I think recognizing that and understanding that, you know, that is just as powerful as some of the words that could be coming out of their mouth. Uh, definitely, um, definitely something that, to remember uh, when experiencing depression. Uh, Michael, anything else? Yeah, the the last thing that I would like to add, and I, I would like to, first of all, echo exactly what uh, Corey just said. That's great. Uh, the other thing, though, is that I, I find that um, in, when I find myself in a depressed cycle, uh, I, I try to lean heavily on logic because I know that I can't trust my own mind. And so when I say logic, um, I literally mean the rules of logic, right? Logic with a capital L. And uh, there is a simple fact about other people's feelings, and that is that people are incorrigible about their own feelings. So I cannot argue with you. I have no grounds to argue with you about what you feel. So when someone says to me that they're happy or when they tell me that they're sad, I can't say, no, you're not. I have no grounds to do that. that <laughs> people are experts on their own experience. So, uh, you know, in the case of this young lady, whoever is looking at her, a friend or a family member saying, you matter to me, you can't say, no, I don't. Uh, when my mother said, I love you, it was, it was completely illogical for me to say, no, you don't, because people are experts, at least on uh, what they are experiencing, and no one else can argue that. So uh, when I look at, at you, Tim, and I say, you know, from time to time, you and I check in with each other, 
And when I check in and I say, hey, I just want to remind you that you're my friend and you matter to me, there is no one in the world who can refute that claim. No matter what they feel in their own hearts, they can't refute it. So uh, I would just encourage everyone who's feeling that or goes through that to remember that. When someone says they love you, you have no grounds to argue that. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I, I think <laughs> that maybe, you know, one thing that maybe gets – I want to say lost in translation, but maybe uh, something that's worth noting in in the um, in the uh, you know when I tell people that you know some of the discoveries or you know things that I've learned from the one too many project was you know empathy and and purpose and stuff like that, and you know the final one was understanding that you matter, and then that and you know I usually communicate that through telling other people that they matter, but. Uh, you know, I use tell as a simple simplification of expressing, right, and showing. Um, so I I think that um, like anywhere else in life, right. So let's let's not even let's take ourselves out of the scenario of being depressed. Let's uh, put ourselves in a business situation or a friend situation or or, or whatever, and someone tells you. Uh, they want to do something with you, or they feel a certain way for you, or they, or you know they should give you some sort of expression. Uh, generally, in those situations, we quickly rack our brain for evidence for that statement to be true, right? Um, and mm. that's that's something that I think that even though depression is a rational state, you can still it's you know like, like you you know it's illogical, like you said, to, to refute something that is evidence based and um, that something that you you can't uh, dispute the way they feel. You know, if someone, uh, you know, if someone told me, hey, I, um, you know, I, I value a lot as a friend and you think back and like, oh, man, that, you know, they spent time with me. Uh, they they gave me, you know, five dollars when I needed some gas that one time. I didn't even ask even asked for it back. Like little things like that. Here's evidence that I have in my brain from times when I wasn't depressed, Hope, you know, or maybe maybe times from when I wasn't depressed that now my brain can look at logically and decide, look, I have evidence, even if I'm not sure how to understand, even if I can't really process what they're saying right now, I have enough evidence to know that it's at, that it could be true. And if it can be true, you know, that's enough to at least, you know, stay afloat, to tread the water um, of depression. And really, when you're going through a depressed, depressed state, that's really all you're trying to do in the end, right, is sort of tread the water um, and swim the shore and get, you know, and, and I think... Um, searching your mind for that evidence uh, can do that. Michael, you mentioned that the example um, with your mother. Uh, Corey, do you have an example from your life that you're able to share in this regard? And uh, in, in which aspect? Uh, you know, in in just that in a, in a time where you were just emotionally struggling, um, you know, having a difficult time um, really believing or really being able to grasp some of the emotions that someone was expressing to you. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it took me about 15 years to recognize that, uh, you know, I, I had a, you know, I had a problem, you know, I had a problem and I, I was three years retired from the Air Force and, and, you know, I was going through the, um, the uh, VA process and, and, you know, the counselor looked at me and said, well, you, you got post-traumatic stress. And I said, well, that's not possible. That's only for the people that are significantly injured, you know, even to that, 
I mean, here's a guy, psychologist, telling me, you know, you, you scored very high on the test and high is not good. <laughs> hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not believing him because, you know, it was a mixture of, I guess, not wanting to believe, but more importantly, um, being scared of what that meant and what the unknown was. Um, you know, when I got into some of the, the therapy related, uh, treatments and when I, and when I started, you know, meeting with guys and gals who, um, had similar experiences that, that I did, it was only at that point that I recognized that, man, I've, I kind I should have done this 15 years ago and my life would have probably been, uh, you know, can, can take in a completely different, uh, vector. Um, yeah. So to me, that's that's the one that jumps out with you know most recently. Sure. Um, yeah. Great discussion, guys. Michael, any saved rounds? Uh, you know, yeah. Last last thing I would say is I I think I want to make sure that I haven't or that we here haven't missed the target on uh, on really at the heart of what her question is, and that is that sometimes I think it is impossible it, when you're in uh, an extremely depressed state to feel loved. Yeah. No matter what anybody tells you, yeah, or to feel like you matter, no matter what anyone says, and uh, as a person who's dealt with depression for years and years and years now, I have found that when I really, really can't feel loved, um, I can feel love, and so what I've the, the my method, and and maybe this helps, and maybe it doesn't, but. My method is in the times that I can't feel, I don't feel like I can fully receive or experience the feeling of love that I'm getting from my wife and from my daughter and my mother and all the other people who are in my life. I don't know why I only named women, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what, I, what I find is that in those moments, in those times, those days, and sometimes weeks and sometimes months, I consciously, purposefully show love to the people who I love. And I have found that loving people ultimately leads to me feeling quite loved. Yeah. That's it. That's an excellent, yeah. excellent point. Corey, any, any last thoughts? No, I mean, uh, I reiterate kind of my initial point. I'll be it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't as uh, eloquent, as eloquent as I would have liked is that, Self-awareness is key, and it's something we talk about in the business sector. It's something we talk about, um, you know, from a leadership perspective. But recognizing in yourself, whether you're a young adult in high school or, you know, someone who's much older, um, kind of beginning to understand who you are as a person behaviorally, emotionally, psychologically um, can be helpful. Uh, you know, understanding that maybe there are certain mm -hmm. triggers and those those triggers can be people, situations, circumstances that um, result in you feeling poorly or negatively or even depressed. And if you can start to, you know, understand mm -hmm. that um, and begin to um, kind of navigate around those, at least initially, I think you're putting yourself in, in a situation to be successful over the long term. Now, I don't mean ignore that, and I don't mean, 
you know, put that on a shelf for, for a later time. But I do mean, you know, self-awareness is challenging. Um, and it, and again, requires a certain level of vulnerability, but I do think it's necessary regardless of how old you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my, my final thoughts on this is the, what I have learned um, and the, the one too many veteran suicide project was a great example of this is I learn a lot about my own feelings, understandings, other people's feelings, other people's experiences through discussion. And that's why when brought this, when this question was brought to me, I didn't want to just think about it and write an email that I wanted to have a conversation with people uh, to really process it. I'm an extrovert, so I process a lot of things while I'm talking. Um, I know some people are introverts, and when they, after the discussion, they go back and, and they let themselves, uh, you know, reset and process things. But either way, the discussion, the expression, even if, if you're doing most of the listening, if you're doing most of the talking, it doesn't matter. It's the dialogue, the back and forth, the, um, the, sharing of of human experience that can really help you understand uh, a complicated thing like depression. And so um, I highly suggest to everybody that's listening that if you are, if you don't understand uh, what's going on, I promise you, you are, you are in stone's throw away from someone who is experiencing the same complicated shit that you are. And it, it's a different complication. It's a different scenario. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different, um, different challenge. Uh, but I haven't had a conversation with someone on this show that we didn't resonate somehow with with our experiences and what we were feeling, and come away with it, come away from it, better people and better equipped to uh, to experience depression down the road. So. Um, Gentlemen, on that, I really appreciate you having this discussion with me and helping me better wrap my head around the idea of understanding and believing people when they say that they love and appreciate you while depressed. Uh, yeah, on a personal note, this has uh, been a very good reminder for me as well. And I, I genuinely appreciate being part of it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tim. Yeah, of course. Yeah.